in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment of the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news Joey Chestnut broke his own world record in the hot dog eating contest. He ate 76, broke his previous record of 75. Uh, second place had 50. <laughs> Which I think is the funniest part. <laughs> Two things. I don't know why anyone else ever enters this because that's what you're doing in your body with no chance to win. Like if you had a legitimate <laughs> chance to win and you're like, you can make a bunch of money, you're still doing that to your body and we don't really know long-term effects. But... Uh, with no chance to win, you're just ruining yourself. So at least make money off it. Two, I was more impressed because you knew Chestnut would win, and he's like one of the greatest athletes ever. But I was more impressed with the, the competition before that. Did you see the chugging of the lemonade? No, I okay. didn't. It was two dudes, and they were so – one guy went like 340, one guy went like 70 pounds. It was just these two people. One was enormous, and the other guy was totally skinny. And I guess they're the number one and two chuggers in the world – and they had of, a gallon. Yes. Well, it was Nathan's lemonade. A gallon. A <laughs> gallon of lemonade. The big dude, I have no idea who he is. We'll have to ask Jason on Wednesday. That guy put down that gallon of lemonade in like 40 seconds. And he just went. And he was so faster than the other guy. He took twice, two breaks just to belch. And then, <laughs> and then. And I guess the number two guy, number two in the world, I'm like this guy stinks, and he's number two in the world. And the big guy put it down and just let out this huge scream. I'm like that's more impressive than Chestnut. We know what Chestnut can do. I've never seen this chugger before. And he did a gallon of lemonade. Can you imagine that? Why lemonade? I, well, that's who the sponsor it was, is. It was the Nathan's lemonade. So Nathan's hot dog guy. I don't. Maybe he appears to be able to chug anything, but it was really impressive because you think about a gallon, and it was just. And the poor kid against him couldn't take a breath. This guy's belching. He's like taking. He's actually looking over him like he got no chance, and he just took, put it down. I'll be impressed if it's a gallon of milk. I uh, oh. wouldn't that give you poisoning if you I drank mean, a the, gallon of milk? I thought that it, was. The, what do these people? What do these people do that doesn't? Yeah, I say, what do these people do that doesn't poison them? Hey, <laughs> those are meat products. <laughs> I hope they might get the sweats. How many could you do? I think we have to at some point do I, this. I can't. Do okay, I mean, so I, do you want the do you want the fun story from last weekend? Oh God, you tried this? No, 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 no. <laughs> I I absolutely cannot try this because oh, for anybody that knows, I missed two shows last week because I fainted last Sunday, two Sundays ago. Okay, and I have not had an official diagnosis, but I have had multiple doctors or EMTs or people tell me that it is most likely my vagus nerve, which runs from my stomach to my brain, okay. and it gets triggered when I eat a large meal. Oh. So what did I you have? Did you or, have a large meal? Or when, yeah, we had hibachi. Or okay. when I eat too quickly. So I am, my competitive eating career is over before it is started. Before it starts? So one is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Would you dunk it in water? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is revolting. That is oh, disgusting. It's just. Um, but yeah, no, I think my girlfriend would come up and slap the second one out of my hand. She would let me eat one and then, nope, you can't eat oh, any more wow. than that. I just like couldn't even try. I, I don't know what would be the point. Like I said, the guy who got 50, I just want to ask, like, well, what's the point here? Look what well, you did to yourself and you had no chance. You had no ch This I, guy beat you by 26. I just want someone to be like bleep talking beforehand. Be like, he's over the hill. 
Just not well, at the command anymore. The it's number two like, guy oh, sort of did Third. because they said the day before in the hotel lobby, he goes, it's a man and it's hot dogs. He can be beat. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was no, like, no, no, you don't understand. It's <laughs> chestnut. Yeah. I mean, he was talking bleep the day before. I'm like, uh, that's probably not a smart thing. <laughs> Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. The Las Vegas Aces set a franchise record with 118 points in a win over the Atlanta Dream on Sunday. Kelsey Plum surpassed 1,000 career points offensively. Um, the Aces, by the way, lead the WNBA in offensive rating this season. I thought Sam also tweeted they're pretty good defensively. They are. They are number one in both offense oh, and well. defense. But they so look at Seattle. They have been number one or number two in both each of the last two seasons, I believe, coming into this year. But here's you want a fun fact. They're number one in offensive rating. They're shooting 16 threes per game this year, which is still the last, the lowest number. Is the, the lowest still? Lowest <laughs> in the WNBA. But it's the most they've shot since they moved to Vegas. It's the most they've shot with Bill Lambeer in charge. Um, and they're second in percentage, like three-point percentage. So they make them. They just still shoot the least, but they're shooting more than ever. I mean, you're number one in offense and defense, so I don't know. You know, although Lambeer just does not like three-pointers, but he's laughing in the opinion that those are important by being number one in offense and defense. He's not. It doesn't appear like he's worried about Listen, it. Listen, Kelsey Plum is averaging a career high in points per game. She's shooting more threes per game than she ever has in her career. There might be something to this. Is Lambeer allowing guys. that because she made the three-on-three team for the Olympics? So like, hey, if you can be an Olympian, you can do whatever you want. Maybe, here. but there might be something to this three-point shooting. They're still not shooting a lot. But like last year, they're shooting 16 a game. Last year, they shot 11 and a half per game. And got to the finals. Yeah, like they're almost shooting five more per game. That's a significant jump. If they keep that up, they they might have a chance. Seattle's still probably going to beat them because it's a matchup problem. I still, I was thinking that the other day when I was looking at the standings. I don't know why. Nothing against the ace. It doesn't matter to me either way. But the only thing I thought is Seattle's going to win. It's a matchup <laughs> problem. When they get they to the playoffs. They can't guard her. Yeah, but... <laughs> You know, it's a matchup issue. But again, if they're going to shoot more threes, that can mitigate what Seattle does to them. Do you guys want to know anything at all about uh, what drinking a gallon of milk in a short period of time does to your yes, body? Because yes. I found the research. Yes. All right. So it causes your cells to start to swell and even potentially burst so that your <laughs> blood cells are ringing through your system, exploded. Uh, you get lactose poisoning from ingesting too much sugar so you would go into diabetic shock and also you would get calcium poisoning because an eight ounce glass of milk contains 300 milligrams of calcium a tums has 200 so it'd basically be like eating 25 tums in one sitting causing your stomach lining to just shed into your lower intestine so a so I guess milk, lemonade was the call a milk chugging <laughs> contest followed by a tums eating contest <laughs> So Tyler just wants to see a dead body. <laughs> I don't care about him. Next question. Trevor Bauer did not pitch on Sunday for the Dodgers, and Dave Roberts does not expect Bauer to be back after his seven-game administrative leave that Major League Baseball put him on uh, back on Friday. So Major League Baseball is, is investigating the Trevor Bauer incident. Uh, they want to speak to the woman who has obtained this restraining order against Trevor Bauer. Uh, I know Buster only, only also had a report that they're delving into Bauer's history and the question of whether there have been other incidents. Um, 
I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to find here. Like, what's the what's the end game or the short term end game if you're Major League Baseball? Because the legal process is probably going to take a little while, and you can't just sit back and say, "Well, wait for the legal process to play out," because then Bauer won't play. But I also don't know what Major League Baseball is going to be able to find and make an actual determination yeah. on the Trevor Bauer case. I mean, this is my own personal opinion. Like, they should keep him out until something is resolved. At least keep him out until, who is it, the Pasadena Police Department, the DA? Now, if they come out today and says there's no charges, then that really puts the onus on Major League Baseball. It's like, well, if there's no criminal charges, what are you doing here? They obviously can do what they want and do their own investigations and um, dole out their own punishment. But... I keep him out until until something happens legally one way or the other. I wouldn't put him back on the mound. I don't think he's pitching again for them this year, but that's just my own really? opinion. I don't think he's pitching again this year. I don't know if he'll ever pitch for them again. I mean, it's it's plausible. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just especially if the case can't, goes Can't the major major league baseball can extend that period. That that I believe they, I think they can to, extend they it. have to get the approval from the players association. Anything past this 7 game or 7 day administrative leave, the players association has to approve it. So, no matter what they think, I think that's a hard line for the players association to force him back to force them back in. I think it's easy for them to say, uh, when I look at look at what the Dodgers endured, and I thought deservedly so when they kept him on the field before Major League Baseball stepped in. I, th- I thought they should have sat him. It's the Players Association. I, I mean, know, I know. Players. Like if there's, I know if there's one entity that would quote unquote defend him to the point of no, he needs to be yeah. out there. It would be them. Because uh, listen, the way a Players Association, the way they're going to view it, and the way they probably should view it is, hey, we have. Uh, collectively bargained, you can place a guy on a seven-day administrative right, leave. Right. You can't do anything beyond that, so you're, we're going to fight you if you try to put somebody on that beyond that seven days. So it's it's less. I is think that, if, is that the only thing they can do? They can't outright suspend them when this is done. Well, when it's done, yes. Yeah, they can, Friday it's done. Yes, they can suspend him without they. Well, no, they can't suspend him without pay because then the players' association will. Yes, yes. Jump in on that, no doubt about it. I don't know if... I haven't read if they can actually just straight up suspend him with pay for whatever reason they want. But if if I'm the Players Association, I'm... Yeah, the Dodgers can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. But if I'm the Players Association, right, I'm looking at this and I'm... I'm not seeing it as I'm fighting for Trevor Bauer. I'm seeing it as I'm fighting for what we've collectively bargained. And... If you do this to Trevor Bauer, even if Trevor Bauer's guilty, even if Trevor Bauer doesn't deserve to pitch in baseball again this year, as a player association, you don't want Major League Baseball to do this to Bauer, and then, oh, they can do this to anybody who has any situation. In, I'd be in interested to see if the if the seven days run out and the Players Association go to bat for him, lack of a better term, what the Dodgers do, because they took a lot of heat. And it was only for like 24 hours, but that 24 hours, people are like, hey, this is a horrible look. You need to get that guy off the field. They, and they took, they're taking heat from Dave Stewart. Dave yeah, Stewart. yeah exactly. Yeah. Dave Stewart says he's not going to attend the 40th yeah. anniversary of the 81 World Series team. Uh, His quote was, the Dodgers organization that I grew up in under the O'Malley family would never stand for that. Talking about Bauer. The Dodgers should have stepped up in that situation, and they didn't. You've got to have character standards. I mean, I said it when it happened. I thought they should have taken him off the field, and I don't think it should have ever gotten to the MLB. Did he also mention, like, seeing pictures of the... The, the alleged victim? Oh, in- they're, yeah. They yeah. Are okay. Pictures. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's one of those things that I'm yeah. like, I don't want to see this, but I'm going to have to look at these at some point, aren't I? Oh, if, it, if he's charged and it goes uh, public, um, I guess, I guess you would. Ugh. Next question. Lights FC won one nothing over Tacoma Defiance. They're only two points out of a playoff spot, Ed. 
get excited. They're not going to make it, but they're only two points out. Um, <laughs> here's the problem. They have they have three get wins. Excited. They have three wins. Nothing's going to happen. Ed. Get excited. <laughs> they have three wins on the season. Two of them are home wins over the Tacoma Defiance, and Tacoma has like three road wins in the last three years. So they haven't really done much else to make you think they're going to beat anybody besides Tacoma Defiance in Vegas. Um, more importantly, and the thing we want to know is, well, two-part question. Were you there? And if you were there, what would you think of the new llamas? Oh, baby llama's cute. His name's Dynamite. He's a cute llama. You were there? I was not there for the Oh, game. you weren't? No, oh, we did not you were go, there. But the baby llama's cute. There's now three llamas. Because Dolly passed? Man, I can't remember if it was Dolly or Dottie. One of Dolly or wow. Dottie. Wow. I think I think Dottie passed and Dolly is still alive. Okay. Um, one of Dolly or Dottie passed away and they What's this one named? No Donnie? Dynamite. Is this like a Bill Foley Dynamite. thing where every but a Bill Foley thing where everything's the knights and no. just put a different color in Dynamite's front of it? the baby and they just Mama Llama is the <laughs> is the mother of Dynamite. So I don't know. <laughs> They, they sell t-shirts now with llamas on them. Hey, say, about time. I know, it took them four years. But yeah, they sell t-shirts with llamas. It's been like the coolest part of the team for four years. They finally put them on a t-shirt. The best. Wow, sorry. All right. Um, I always forget how I got long you. this one is. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's only six seconds. You I want know. me to play the full 30-second version? All right. I want to get to this one because it happened on Sunday. The Astros were the first team in Major League Baseball history to turn a double play on the first pitch of an inning. Oh, someone get hit? No, that's first pitch. Wait. 10th inning. Ah! Okay. Indians tried to sack bunt and popped it up, and the runner got doubled off a second. How bad are you at bunting? Pretty bad. Um, So, yeah, don't sack bunt and also double play on one pitch. If you sack bunt, put it in the ground. That goes totally against my theory of you should bunt him over. (laughs) No, it doesn't because you (laughs) don't send someone up there who, when they bunt, they hit a pop fly somehow. Wow. First pitch of an inning. Yep. One pitch, two outs in the inning. It was great. I loved it. What a great rule by Rob. It's great. The Astros also scored their run in the top of the inning to win the game without getting a ball out of the infield. (laughs) Did they bunt? Uh, they did not bunt. Uh, they had a runner thrown out going to home. Uh, they had a runner. They had a hitter reach on a strikeout because it was a wild pitch that got away. And that's the guy that scored the game-winning run on a throwing error to first. Where the first baseman dropped it and the runner just rounded third and went home. It was great. It was great. Oh, it's a great rule. Unbelievable rule. All right. Coming up next, Darren Waller's going to help Tim Tebow, which means Tim, which means Tim Tebow is going to be a Raider very soon. You know, he's physical. He's... You know, athletic, so I wish him nothing but the best going forward. But, you know, it's a tough transition. You know, I was getting getting my butt kicked, you know, when I first moved to tight end. But you just stick with it and grind through the process and things get better. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Tim Tebow's going to have more touchdowns this year than Darren Waller. Well, that's only because Myers is going to call his number. Yep. Like every time yep. they're within the red zone, Myers is going to throw it to Timmy. And Timmy's when, open. And when the Raiders get in the red zone, it's going to be Foster Moreau time. It's it's T- Tim Tebow is going to play this year. Oh, Tim Tebow is going he's to make only, the yeah, roster because with the and, only coaching team that will allow it. And Tim Tebow is going to score touchdowns yeah. this year. It's going to happen. Yeah. Like that was Darren Waller, by the way, talking about helping out Tim Tebow. He, he talked to TMZ. He said, you know, if he thinks he can learn from me then I'd love to help him and help make his transition 
to the tight end position smoother. Um, yeah, this, this guy's playing like there's like we when he signed a lot of it was like oh you know it's a it's a tryout for a tight end and all that. I I have zero doubt right now that Tim Tebow is making the Jaguars roster. Oh, I don't I don't think there's any question given how much the coach loves him. I mean, he, he loves that guy. So I think he makes the team. I, I do. I think he makes the team. I, I mean, it's cool of Waller to say this. Good for Waller. I don't think Waller, you know, he doesn't, he wants to help the guy. I don't, I don't, Waller is that. nice. Yeah, he's nice. Uh, Mariota's big, Ruggs is fast, and Waller's nice. Um, I, if I'm Tim Debo and Darren Waller's saying this, I'm like, hey, when can we get together? I mean, I'm certainly taking advantage of it if I can. Do you think John Gruden is disappointed he didn't sign Tim Tebow? Well, when Tebow has seven touchdowns this year, yes, he will be. He's like, wait a minute, what happened to that guy in Jacksonville? Who signed that guy? Um, I like their joker. They got a great I mean, joker. I mean, I want. shouldn't you want more than anything like to Tebow be on the team you cover? be great. Oh. I think it'd be hilarious. I mean, it's easy. It's easy content. Yes, on, that's, well, yeah. that's what we're looking for on yes. most days. He's got deadline. I definitely yes. don't want tough content it on is, deadline. I'd like easy content. Easy content because... Anything he does is is it's news. Yeah, yeah, it's newsworthy and not and I don't like obviously if he plays in a game and catches a pass like yeah. but anything he does like in preseason. Oh God, think about that. All of it's news. If he played in a Raiders game as a Raider, caught one pass, the easiest grade I could give out in my report card is A for tight ends. Because like <laughs> this guy caught a pass, he was like, wasn't he like on a baseball team last year? This guy played tight end in his life. It'd be like the easiest grade. Waller could drop six passes if Tebow catches one. That's an A. No, like, you've got you've got your lead also. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. literally, I mean, he could be great. Tebow shines. Yes, exactly. Raiders <laughs> lost. Raiders lose thirty-eight to three. I've got Tebow. Like when we're going around, we go I've around the press. Co- we go to the press box. This is what we do at the RJ. Like, what's your angle? What's your angle? I'll just say, I got Tebow. Every game, every I game, got I got Tebow. Tebow, and he's not active today. <laughs> yeah, I, act, got, I, I got him. His leadership guy. Will put him on the Zoom. Let's go. <laughs> he's, what he's if he was not active he's an and active. he's the first person out there? Tim will be speaking first. That would be awesome. <laughs> and, and, he, and by the way, he'd still be the best quote of anyone oh, on the God. Zoom. <laughs> Tim Tebow. I what? Like they're gonna have him throw a pass too. That, that's, well, I mean, if that's he's on the your part t- that I'm like confused about, because that's the one thing you know he can't do. I mean, if you take him, if he takes up a spot, this sounds crazy because obviously he's a tight end and he's never been a tight end. But don't you have to play him? Like, what is the point of having this guy if you're not going to see if he can play? I mean, this is the NFL. It's not like college. It's like he was great in college, but it's not one of these things like what the Mets did. You know, okay, you can keep him in the minor leagues. He's never going to make the major leagues. Maybe we'll sell some tickets and T-shirts. We know he's in the minor leagues. There's no minor league here. Like, this is it. So if you keep him on the 53, you have to play this guy. I So Jared joked about him being the joker. I am ready for some goal line play where Tim Tebow throws a touchdown pass. And the next week in practice, John Gruden is going up to Darren Waller saying, how's that arm? Yeah. Can, yeah. You, can you toss it? Can you throw it? Can well, it would be, it? Fo- it would be Foster because because Mer- Waller wouldn't be in the he wouldn't be in the red zone at well, that point. Yeah, be the, Foster the throw only, one. No, no. The only way Darren Waller is is scoring a touchdown in the red zone is if Foster Moreau is passing yes. it to. Him. What if Waller throws it to Foster? Okay, that'd, maybe that'd Waller can throw it to Foster Moreau. But I like who's the better Joker this year, Devo or Kenyon Drake? Yes, I mean Kenyon Drake's. I mean Kenyon Drake's going to get a lot football. more opportunities. He's going to be better at football. Well, yeah. Uh, but Tim Tebow is going to score one touchdown on the year, and it's going to be the biggest story. If in the Tim NFL. Tebow scores a touchdown and Kenyon Drake doesn't, <laughs> Tim Tebow's a better joker. 
Nothing else matters. Kenyon Drake has a thousand total yards. If he on doesn't the year. score. What's the point? No touchdowns, though. <laughs> what's the point if he doesn't score? <laughs> Would be good. I mean, everyone wants this guy to play. Why? I mean, I guess Trevor Lawrence. I shouldn't say that, but let's start listing the reasons of ever being concerned with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I want him for a couple reasons. I want to see if Lawrence is any good. I'd like Urban Meyer to go 0-17, and I want to watch Tim Devo. So if you told me Trevor Lawrence, who I like, is really, really good, and they still go 0-17, like, I'll take that. You throw T-Bone to the mix, I might I might like not go to Raider games to cover them just to sit home and watch Jacksonville. Well, you know, <laughs> T-Bone playing a lot might be a pathway to 0-17, by the way. True. Like, yeah. That could help me out. I could see him play and know Urban Meyer with 0-17. Oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've got good skill position, guys, too. Every time they throw it to Tebow, it's going to be a mistake. Yeah. They've got, like, good wide receivers on that team. Yes. They Which, signed uh, Marvin Jones in the offseason to go along with LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark. Like, they have legitimately good wide receivers. they got got two running backs on the team that should be good. It's and the first head-to-head battle between coach and quarterback. Throw it to Timmy. Yeah, but these other guys are really good. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I throw it to him, he gets tackled. I mean, they're like, just right as away. good as the guys I had at Clemson, almost. <laughs> he can't catch. <laughs> yeah, Timmy, Timmy's wide open. There's a reason for that. <laughs> like Urban, he's dropped three passes. <laughs> One hit him in the face. I threw it to his face. Uh, oh, I'm excited. It's going to be great. All right, Jared, how early do you want us to break? Uh, Probably in the next, like, 20 seconds. Okay. Joining us next from the defector is going to be Drew McGarry. Do we, we got to ask Drew about that. If he thinks he can learn from me, then I'd love to help him and help make his transition smoother. You know, I tried to find any information I could from watching guys play or asking people, you know, when I moved. So I love to continue to pass that on and help him be a better player. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. This is the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now from The Defector is Drew McGarry. Drew, are you ready for a full season of Tim Tebow making one catch in the game, but it being the biggest story in the NFL? I Actually, I have a bet going with two of my coworkers. I said he would not be on the active roster come week one, and I bet them $10 each, and I'm extremely confident in that. Bet. Oh, you're still Ooh. confident. We, oh, we wow. think he's making it. We think Urban Meyer's putting him on. No, I think Urban likes the idea of it and fully has plans, but Listen, he planned on having Chris Doyle as a strength coach in reverse course. Once it became obvious, he should not have that person in his employ. Tim Tebow can't, can't play tight end. He's not a tight end, and he hasn't been a football player in what, nine years, eight years. He's not making the team. Forget it. I think he's leading him in touchdowns. <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's going to be, we were saying before he came on, like Lawrence is going to go to the sideline. Why aren't you throwing it to Timmy? Because the other guys are good. Don't worry, throw it to Timmy. Um, the bizarre fascination Urban has with this guy, uh, I think that's why we think he might make it because it's just all along Urban loves him so much. that he, I think that even he's being given a chance is bizarre. I think it's bizarre he's being given a chance, but I think it's, uh, I don't think it's shocking, and I don't think it's unusual. Like, every coach has their guys. Like, Parcells had guys. Bill Belichick had his guys. Like, every coach has a guy where it's like, oh, that guy knows what I want him to do. He's not going to bitch. He's going to be, like, my – he's going to be my spot. Like, he's going to be my narc on the team, and he's going to be useful to me. But all of those coaches are also uh, bloodless. And, you know, once those guys have outlived their usefulness, they get cut. And Tim Tebow will outlive his usefulness. I'll, like second week of preseason, like once old, once he has to, Urban has to actually make a roster. 
That's it. Like, he has to have actual football players. Is it too easy to say Derek Carr is the narc on the roster? <laughs> no, Because <laughs> if he doesn't narc, then Gruden will make him cry. Yes. So. <laughs> okay, hold on. Drew, is your bet specifically the Jaguars uh, 53-man roster for week one? Well, if it's the Texans week one roster, I, I guess I lose the bet, but... Even the Texans aren't stupid enough to put him on Because <laughs> No, here's my thought. If, if he gets cut, John Gruden's going to be like, a tight end that can throw? We need that in our offense. Yeah, I mean, I can see Gruden being like, tell you what, I like this Tebow guy. But I'm not. Still not I'm still not seeing it. Even John Gruden, uh, as gruden as he can be, still wants to win football games and, you know, will not, will not actively impede that, which I think – if you have Tebow as a tight end, you're wasting a roster spot that could be used on an actual tight end or or a, a golf specialist or, or a long snapper. I don't know anybody. Did you make anything in terms of where you believe he'll end up from Aaron Rodgers' press conference comments about his mental health yesterday? It, did, it seemed like those were most of his comments. I don't know if anyone ever asked or he actually answered, listen, that's we understand that, but will you be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? It doesn't seem like he really addressed that part. I don't think he has because it doesn't make sense for him to do it right now. I think he, I think it makes more sense from him, for him from a leverage standpoint, still act as if he's not going, and it satisfies his ego. You know, yeah, he's as much as I like Aaron Rodgers, the player, and even though he plays for the team that is the rival of my team, you know, I, I still know that he's a great player. But that comes with an ego that he wants stoked, and this is a fine way of stoking it. Well, he's bored out of his mind all offseason, but I think he'll be back in a Packers uniform. When he, if he does finally go back, how, how does he arrive into the Packers facility? Like, he's got to make a grand entrance to make this another storyline. Like, how does he arrive at the Packers facility? No, actually, I think the opposite. I think he walks in, and he, he makes it like it's just another day, and he's like, I don't know what you people were making a big deal about. I was always going to be here. And he's like, no, you people are the morons for thinking this was anything important, even though he spent all offseason saying, this is really important. <laughs> so just another day for Aaron Rodgers, just like nothing happens yeah. at all. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and then he throws five touchdowns against the Vikings, and everything's good, right? Right, because it, it is just another day for Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just how he's always operated. He's always been needy in certain ways. And so it's not different how he's comported himself. Uh, you tweeted a couple days ago that you were glad Trey Young was playing, but you hate him. Um, yes. Is it, is, yes. It, is it a fair assumption or a fair uh, way to break it down that you simply love to hate Trey Young? No, no, it's not. Because if I love to hate Trey Young, I would love watching him play, and I would tune in to watch him play. But I don't do that. I don't want to watch him play basketball. He like, you know, he he has made Harden's uh, flop style worse than it already was, and he basically comports himself like like a dookie on the court, even though he didn't go to Duke. So it's it's I don't want to watch a pro basketball game and be reminded, you know, and have it echo me watching a Duke game when I don't want to watch Duke. <laughs> so, so wait, why were you glad that he was playing? Just just you were just glad he wasn't hurt. I was glad he wasn't hurt. Yeah, I don't want people to be hurt. Okay. I don't like the Bucks all that much. Like, the Bucks don't excite me either. Like, the Eastern Conference just, I, you know, ever since Jordan died, there's, no, there's, there's been nothing to it. Like, we got one title out of LeBron. 
Otherwise, the Eastern Conference is worthless. It's the JV Conference. I hate it. Don't you enjoy watching Ben Simmons for, like, the tragedy of it all? That was actually really interesting. That one when I was like, okay, you can't even go up and dunk the ball. Now I'm now I'm I hate <laughs> You're all in now. <laughs> yeah. That one I that one I enjoy. I mean it's like you know, it's like if, if Derek Carr threw a pass to Darren Waller and Darren Waller was like, you know what? I'm just gonna bat this down to the ground. <laughs> Listen, the Eastern Conference playoffs this year gave us opposing fans counting to thirteen while Giannis took free throws. That was fantastic, and I'm still extremely annoyed that Giannis didn't just wait for him to count to 100 and like cup his ear, cup his ear, but like, I can't hear you. It got a little louder, and then he could just, and then he, even if he bricked it, he could be like, "I bricked it, you happy losers," and then like take his pants down and moon them. All right, I do want to ask you maybe maybe a fairly serious question: Who's the real villain in the Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols um, story? Uh, well, it's Rachel Nichols, but then it's also ESPN head Jimmy Pitaro because there's one quote in that story that Kevin Draper wrote where Nichols lamented the fact that she pleased uh, you know, the faction of ESPN's viewership. And Jimmy Pitaro has never made a secret about that. It's why he instituted the entire, or at least reinforced the entire stick sports policy across the network, was to not get those people's diapers full. And so Rachel Nichols was lamenting that while at the same time going along with it, which makes her sucky. Like she's, and she's not. The other thing is that, like, and I'm not saying this because I have a rooting interest. She's objectively a worse studio host than Maria Taylor is. Like, it's not close. Like, I don't, I'd rather watch the show hosted by Maria Taylor than by Rachel Nichols. It's not, it's not close to me. So, you know, to me, it's Rachel Nichols was, Rachel Nichols sucks, but it was endemic of a much greater problem at ESPN. And you can blow it out to the entire nation as a whole but there's no point in doing that right now. I'd just rather stick with saying that ESPN sucks in general. We need... Um... Listening to ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to ESPN Las Vegas, 1100, 100.9 FM. We need... Yeah, you guys are okay. You guys are the exception. <laughs> I don't know. We need, uh, like, official, like, top 25, like it's college football, of national media personalities. Like, we need official rankings. As you're sitting here saying, you know, I'd rather watch a show with Maria Taylor than Rachel Nichols. When Rachel Nichols complains about it, we need to say, yeah, Maria Taylor's ranked seventh in the country. You're 14th. Suck it up. <laughs> I see no problem with that system. I, I can't see how it would be corrupted <laughs> of any sort. It would be just fine. It, yeah, there's no, no problem. Chris Berman would be number one. I don't know why he's there, but sure. Okay. I, I, actually, I actually thought... Well, I mean, they didn't they didn't really discipline her, I don't believe, unless that's happened the last 24 hours. I actually thought Nichols should be suspended just for not knowing what the on and off button on the video camera was. Because if she actually yeah, knew how I to... I mean, you're on television. You don't know how to turn the video up before you start ripping people? Yeah, it's weird because, like, my kids are in e-school. <laughs> They're in e-summer school now. They know how to turn the mic off. Yes. Like, they like is on and off. And these kids... My, you know, my youngest son is nine. So if he knows... And there's no for Rachel Nichols or Jeffrey Tobin or any of those people. I don't buy any of that. Uh, Drew, we've talked to you before about your book. Your book is now out now, right? My Well, my novel from last year is out. The book about my brain comes out in October. Oh, okay. okay. 
Okay. So wait, what's the one but you coming can pre-order out? it right now? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, about wait, 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 wait. Uh, what's ten five twenty one? Wait. Okay. So wait, what's the one? That, the one that was out last year was the one you tried to tell us was something about teleportation and and something like that. The one coming That's out exactly right. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, yeah. Almost as if you've heard <laughs> the one coming. What's the one coming out in October? Okay. The book's called The Night the Lights Went Out uh, in December twenty eighteen. I was hosting the Deadspin Awards. I was with Deadspin at the time, and right afterwards, I collapsed and fractured my skull in three places. And was in a coma for two weeks. I went half deaf. I can't smell anymore. Uh, I taste. And the book is about all of that. There is a happy ending to the book, though, which is that I got up, got out of my coma, lived, and was able to do spot radio appearances on ESPN that made everyone feel awkward. <laughs> all right, let me know when, because Mike Kendall just got another entry. No, Want to download no that baby? <laughs> Wait, okay. All right, hold on. What made you collapse? We don't know. Still, to this day, I do not know what uh, caused it, and no one, no one saw me collapse the time I collapsed. I was in a hallway outside of a karaoke, private karaoke room, and my colleague Jorge Corona saw me in the hallway, turned his head for ten, seconds, and he turned back. I was on the floor bleeding. Wow. Nobody knows. Well, that's horrifying. Um, yeah. To to relate to that, nine days ago, I fainted into my plate at a hibachi restaurant. <laughs> No, are you serious? Really? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I, I have now, I have fainted. The crazy part is yeah. it wasn't the first time. Yeah. Well, it's the first time I've, for Hibachi. Yeah, it's not the first time he fainted. I have now fainted <laughs> three <laughs> times in the last two years. That's that's terrible. You could have fainted into the grill, and that would have been even worse. <laughs> uh, I, I, had never, uh, I had never fainted prior to this in my life. Never fainted. In fact, I, I kind of truthered fainting, like, for the bulk of my existence, I was like, people don't really faint. That just happens in, like, Bugs Bunny cartoons. It totally happens. And it yeah. happened to me yeah. at the I, worst possible time. Have, so now I believe in fainting. Have you fainted since then? I have not, knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've fainted three times. Uh, fortunately, my girlfriend has been with me all three times and has broken my fall <laughs> so that the ground did not do that, um, which I guess was the yeah, unfortunate part the for ground you. Does- yeah. I don't recommend the ground doing. Yeah. All right. Well, comes out in October. The <laughs> night the lights went out yep. forward, written by Tyler Bischoff of ESPN Radio Las Vegas. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, thanks, Drew. We appreciate thanks, Drew. your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a million, guys. See you later. I'll be downloading that book. It sounds very interesting. I didn't know that happened to him. Yeah, that's, no, I had no idea. He he wrote re- two really really good pieces about it before Deadspin got all weird. And uh, I don't know if they're still archived, but I definitely, I definitely would recommend reading oh, yeah. those pieces as like a primer. Yeah, I, I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen because she, she is horrified of this whole me fainting thing. Like I absolutely mean, horrified. Well, I think I that's mean, a better response we, than her being I mean, like. Well, everyone else in my say, life we, is laughing about it, including me, and she's horrified of it. Like she's, she's like every time it's happened three times. She's been there all three yeah. times. She's like <laughs> thinks I'm dying, which fair enough. So, but if she hears that and hears like, oh. The next time Tyler faints, he hits his head on the floor. He's in a coma for two weeks. And the the one that was really interesting is uh, Drew wrote an article about getting a um, it, it's a cochlear implant because he's deaf. Like he went deaf, like from brain bleeding. And uh, it's not those. It's not suddenly you get a piece of electronics and you can hear. It's like your body has to relearn how sounds work. Yeah. It's weird. His girlfriend's uh, listening. She's taking notes for the first chapter right now. She's going to make a million dollars. This guy keeps passing out. I got to write a book. <laughs> by all the right. way, by the way, supportive family on your end of people laughing all the time. Oh, Who are those oh, people? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs>
That's fine. I deserve it. All right, coming up next, Luke Perk-Dandy joins the show. We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Joining us now from PropSwap is Luke Perk-Dandy. And Luke, I have to imagine, like the Atlanta Hawks, they're the perfect PropSwap team, right? Yeah, I mean, the Phoenix Suns have been amazing as well for Bob But, um, yeah, Atlanta was just to win the East, just to win this series that they actually pushed to six, was uh, 175 to one. <laughs> Did So what was, like, you guys have any big notable sales on the Hawks before they ended up yeah. getting eliminated? Yeah, a um, $100 bet at 175 to one. That sold for 6200 um, it was when they won the first game. So excellent. I mean, just perfect yeah. timing by that seller. Just absolutely selling at the, at the peak. Um, we sold a bunch of hundred dollar tickets to win the NBA final, uh, that multiple tickets sold for 4,000 each. Um, you know, and again, like before we have a ton of sympathy for the buyer, when the buyer was buying these bets, that was the best price of the universe on Atlanta. So the guy that paid, you know, sixty two hundred, he got plus one ninety on Atlanta, and every book in the country had like plus one twenty. Uh, so what's what is happening with Suns tickets right now? Given that they're the favorites to win the title, how many people are are trying to get off their Suns tickets at what like that Hawks ticket might be the peak? Yeah, uh, we can't keep a Suns ticket on the shelf. So <laughs> if anyone out there has any Phoenix Suns futures. Uh, we definitely have a buyer for you. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty around Giannis, and rightfully so. Um, so just a ton of Phoenix Suns action. We've seen tickets that earlier this season. We were selling Phoenix Suns at 100 to one. We've seen tons of 50 to one tickets, plenty of 40 to one tickets. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone has a Suns ticket out there, we definitely have some buyers for you. Milwaukee's kind of been the opposite. We have a we have more Milwaukee tickets for sale than we do Phoenix, just because. The uncertainty around Giannis, we just don't know if he's healthy or not. And then I know you tweeted out, you guys tweeted out a uh, a uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. MVP ticket. Um, yeah. I imagine with what Shohei Otani's doing that he's going to end up being the runaway winner here, kind of regardless of how his second half goes. But, like, what's, what's happening with Otani and MVP tickets in baseball? Yeah, I think any time you have these single-player awards, you just have injury risk. You know, like, yes, the it is pointing that um, you know Shohei Otani is going to win this, but if he misses ten games, fifteen games, like God forbid, I would say we don't wish injury on anyone. But there's just a lot of injury risk built into those those awards. Um, so you know, and you look at the NFL MVP race, Russell Wilson at the halfway point was a lock. Right? I mean, he was uh, he was minus money. At some places to win MVP at the you know halfway point to the NFL season, and obviously Aaron Rodgers just ran away with it at the end. So, you know, just because we're still in July and Shohei has looked better than Vlad, like there is a little bit of injury risk, and Vlad Guerrero is still having an amazing season. Um, so, I I do think it will be a two pony race in the AL, um, and we'll see how it turns out. Well, he is Luke Perg Dandy from PropSwap.com. Luke, as always, we appreciate it. 
It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, David won uh, on Friday, quite a while ago. But uh, yeah, the Giants, a baseball team, actually won for our sharp. That first time that happened all week. Uh, so, David, this would be your second pick in the streak. Again, you got to get to nine to get that Antonio Brown jersey. Where would you like to go today? We're going to the pitch, my man. We got Messi today. We got Argentina. Uh, that's all right. Yes, in the uh, Copa America semifinals. All right, we got you yeah, in man. for Argentina. Uh, if they win, we'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Good luck, David. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I was uh, thinking about what um, uh, he was saying about Otani with the injuries. You don't want anyone to ever get hurt. But if for some reason Tatis got lost for like a month <laughs> and like didn't know how to get to the ballpark, like I wouldn't be mad. Because that dude is unbelievable and he plays for the Padres and I'm not happy. That guy last night jumped while jumping, which is bizarre. How good is that guy? So we need to get him lost in the, ga- in the gas lamp district. They're still four and a half back. I know. I know. He's just so good. I don't even know who's second in the National League, to tell you the truth. Is someone on the Astros? They're blowing people. I, well, they're I, in the American League, but. Oh, excuse me. I'm serious. Yeah. Maybe it's Muncie. He's having a heck of a year. He's like one in like, he's number one in like five categories. The Dodgers don't even have a starter, though. Well, neither do the Astros. Well, yeah, but that's that's because everybody hates us. But yeah, that's fine. Would it be DeGrom? Probably. It might be DeGrom. At this point? I mean. Yeah, it might be him. He's been hurt a little bit, so maybe not, but yeah. Tatis is unanimous. Is there anybody me. on the Giants that's any good? Uh, the pitcher. I'm trying to think who it is. No, but he, he, won't, like, come, he yeah. won't come close to Tatis. Tatis, nope. Tatis yeah. I mean, God, I hate the Padres, but he should be unanimous. They should both be unanimous at this point. Otani and the American and Tatis, but it never works out that way. No. Some guy in the middle of the country. Some guy in the middle of the country is going to be like, yeah, I'm giving it to my guy. It's like, yeah, okay. Giving it to my guy. <laughs> yeah. You know there's guys out Give there like that. Salvador Perez of the Royals. I was I hey, mean, I'm sorry. Anytime that happens Salvi. anytime that happens, like Connor McDavid, like I'm floored people are unanimous. I, I'm absolutely floored that anyone's unanimous. He, he might deserve it. I'm not saying that. But like when guys get unanimous MVP stuff, I'm like, okay, something went wrong. Cause somewhere who covers some team is going to give his guy the vote. Those guys are great. I love those guys. Who was who was it? Mariano Rivera or Derek Jeter that wasn't unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh yeah. Which one? Um, well, it was also I thought was Ken Griffey also one vote away from unanimous. Wasn't or? the last one was like Seaver. Like it's been forever. And it's like okay, so that was great. the one. Like like okay, Tony Gwynn. Ninety something percent. I'm like Tony Gwynn. Like, <laughs> like there's just the best. zero chance he ever juiced. Like ten silver sluggers, like the guys, and like somewhere looked at that uh, that resume and said, I, I don't think so. I like, I will what? say the way Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting works, you have to have a certain percent to stay on the ballot. Seventy something percent, yeah. I could understand like the gamesmanship of a voter who's like, all right, this guy is gonna drop off the ballot unless I vote for him. I know Tony Gwynn's getting in, so I'm just not going to vote for Tony Gwynn, and I'm going to vote for somebody else. That whole thing about no one in the steroid era. Tony Gwynn was like 50 over. That guy wasn't juiced.